I guess it, you know, it comes down to courage. And I suppose, you know, it took a lot of courage to make that big step to start with. And, you know, I know what it's like to find yourself in a new country and all the plants are different. You don't know what the names of the plants are. You know, the people are a little bit different. The way they think is different. Um, and it's kind of like, well, you know, here I am. I've made this decision and to take ownership of that decision as well. Uh, you know, whether it's you or yourself as part of a couple and and then really assessing what you've got and making the decision to make the most of it. Welcome back to the Visible at Work podcast, the show that shares what to do after you get the job, designed to help you navigate workplace issues and unlock executive opportunities through communication. I'm your host, Tracy, and you're welcome. On this week's episode, I'm going to be sharing the story of Helen Fieldcroft, who moved from Australia to New Zealand. She moved after having a career, successful career as a chef in Australia, and her husband was laid off from his job. So they found and he found a new job in New Zealand, and they have to move. So if you moved because of a spouse while raising a young family, you would really connect to Helen's story. And she's going to tell you how transferring her skills as a chef to starting a business and teaching young children how to cook and also transitioning and starting a new business. So that would be very interesting for you to hear her story today. And she's going to tell us the things that we can do to put our mindset in check when we feel lonely or just feel unsure of the decision we've made after moving to a new country. So you want to hear Helen's personal story and also what you can do with your mindset. Helen Fieldcroft, you're welcome this week. Thanks for having me today, Tracy. Yay. So Helen, um, your story has been a journey of um, finding yourself, self-awareness, moving for family, raising a family, starting a business, and moving to a new country. So can you just share the backstory about moving between Australia and New Zealand? Sure, so um, I grew up in Australia, Um, had a very successful um, first 35 years of my life, pretty much. Um, I have a background as a a chef in French fine dining restaurants and traveled around the world for that. Um, But then I met my husband and it was like, well, you know, it's time to do something different, something that's a little bit more conducive to um, bringing up a family. So I set up a cooking school um, and it was very successful. Um, But then, but we were in Perth and my family was in Brisbane um, at the time and my husband got an excellent job um, in Brisbane. So we were relocated back to Brisbane, which was, which was fantastic. Um, But then unfortunately, uh, you know, something happened with the job that he had and a big contract was lost and I think 60 of them were laid off and my husband was one of those. Um, so, and in the meantime, I had had my first son as well. So, you know, here we are with a, a very young child, my husband out of work, um, you know, wondering what we'll do. And eventually a job came up in New Zealand. Um, so we came across, we checked it out. It looked like a great place to bring up children and, and raise a family. Um, so we decided to move. Um, and that's that's essentially what we did. So we took the plunge, we moved um, 
and I tried a few things out to earn an income over here because back in Australia uh, I would get a little, little bit of money from the government you know it was just mine I could do with what I liked it's different over here you know Dave earns too much money uh, we didn't get any kind of I, I didn't get any personal income and it was really important to me to to be able to have some degree of independence <clears throat> and create my own income so I tried a few things but then decided to set up the same business that I had back in um, Australia that's amazing uh, that's amazing oh wow so Helen I can imagine the um, shift and tenacity from your family, you know, having a young child and then your husband being out of work and, you know, sometimes you want something so, so much. And then when you finally get it, you're like, oh, shucks, because, <laughs> you know, he was looking for a new job and then he, he got it in a new country. So that also meant like trying to, um, like you said, having to reevaluate your family and seeing where you can move to have children and, and to raise children. And then you saw that, okay, New Zealand was perfect, you know, and then the job came and everything. And, um, you know, you also mentioned about um, being independent. You know, a lot of expert spouses, when they move for work, sometimes when people talk that, oh, I'm a spouse of an expert, some people feel that you just maybe laying on the beach and just sun tanning <laughs> all day. <laughs> and um, you don't have any dreams and aspirations or like you you shouldn't have the need to want to have the, you know that kind of like your own dreams and aspirations so how did you deal with that before you started your um, school sure yeah so i um <clears throat> we have a little bit of an echo here i hope that's recording okay um <clears throat> I have always been very self-expressive. I've always had dreams. I've always um, been creative and, and been someone to create my life. So it was quite difficult for me to really consider being, you know, someone who whose job and role is just to be the mum, the housewife, be satisfied. And we have a beautiful house and we live in a beautiful part of part of New Zealand we're very fortunate it's a very safe country and you know a lot of things you know uh, it ticks a lot of boxes but nonetheless you know there's this part of me that really wanted to um, forge her own way forwards um, and I just know that that if I if I don't give that energy uh, I become extremely dissatisfied and that's what was happening is like I, I really wanted to be my own person um, but I felt like I was kind of trapped in this box and, and not really able to express myself in the world. So it was really imperative that I found something and created something that was for myself. Mm, that's interesting. And um, you, you, luckily you were able to create something within your line of business. So from being a chef to now um, having a cooking school, teaching children how to cook. So what was the, you know, you said you're passionate about doing that, but what was the connection for you from going from like a chef to children's food? Um, <clears throat> well, I suppose it was to, yeah, firstly use my skills. So I'd, I'd come from a, a position of employment and what, what is it that I can do that uses my skills that is a little bit more flexible. Um, so, you know, I thought, oh, well, hey, you know, I'll set up a cooking school. This is before my first child was born. So, you know, we, we have these ideas about what, what life is going to be like and what business like as a mother. Um, and then we have our children and, and it's a whole, whole new reality. Um, but yeah, I suppose that was it. And it was quite an easy transition um, in 
Australia, I had quite a good profile as a chef. Um, there was a lot of media exposure, so it didn't, it wasn't difficult to, to make that transition and, and bring clients in um, before I had children. Um, once children came on the scene, that was a very different story. So um, when I set up for the second time in Australia, I already had my son who was two and Sophie who was, um, you know, an infant. Um, so I would a lot of the time carry her in a, in a pack uh, while I would while I would run classes, um, and people were pretty pretty understanding. But also it was I don't know as you as your businesses grow and develop, you get to know your businesses. And for me, the bread and butter, um, the the thing that was providing real value out in the world, so people were paying me for it, was teaching children how to cook. You know, a lot of the time parents themselves don't really know or have that knowledge. Um, around this essential life skill. Um, I'm very patient, I love children, I love transferring foundational cooking skills. Um, and, and that just uh, was quite an easy, quite an easy income. Um, you know, it was good for the kids, it was great for me. I still run it now, it's um, most of the rest of the business. I used to do a lot of corporate team events and things like that, just a little bit too tricky now. I, I wanna spend time on the weekends at home with my family. Um, but yeah, I still I still teach children how to cook in the afternoons, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a nifty little business. Oh, that's amazing! Wonderful story. So speaking about um, you know you you had a successful career. Well, you still have a successful career, but your employability employability skills as a chef, and then now having the school. Um, you you know you said that you had already built that that network in Australia before moving to New Zealand. How were you able to transfer the network? Because now you're building a new network in a new country. So how were you able to convince like your would-be clients, like the corporate clients and also parents that this is my skill that I have? You know, it's, it's a different thing when you're a chef in a fine dining restaurant and now you, you're ready to teach kids. So how was that for you? So Dave's, Dave's job um, was very good at sort of integrating us into the new community. They were very proactive in um, bringing the spouses together and making sure that we had some, some connections. So um, I already had um, some FaceTime and discussion with the HR departments, um, you know, in Dave's corporate job. So when it came, and Dave was always very proud of this particular job. So he would just tell his friends and, and co-workers and things like that. And um, and there was no one else running that particular service uh, in, the, in the city where I live as well. So um, I suppose it was relatively easy. It was progressive though, you know, it might start with just a, a social club event or something like that. And then they would talk and, and then I'd run a few team building, fun team building events uh, for Christmas parties and things like that. And then, you know, uh, that would move into more serious um, leadership trainings where they'd bring in outside um, <clears throat> outside facilitators, but say they needed to drop their, their leadership team into very uncertain, very unfamiliar situations. Uh, so I was became very adept at, at doing that. So it was it was progressive. Um, started out small and um, just just focusing on really uh, providing a great service and making sure that um, I'm doing the very best I can for people and and word of mouth. That's interesting. Um, I like that you you know you mentioned progress. So sometimes we have dreams and we want to start big, but there's nothing wrong in starting small and having that progress and then watching your progress grow and move, you know, to bigger things just like you've done. 
And lucky you, you know, your husband has been your chief marketer. <laughs> That's great. That's really great. Yes. Yeah, in and it makes a difference. Um, he not so much in in the business that I have now. He finds that a little bit because I was so successful in my previous business and uh, and in the cooking school. But it, eventually, it's you know there was something inside of me that was calling me to more to express myself in a different way. Um, <clears throat> and he's he does struggle with you know that that comes with a whole new level of risk and a whole new level of kind of financial uncertainty, um, which you know that that conflicts with his sets of values. So. So now, as I'm transitioning into this new, um, into this new role, <clears throat> there's a whole new set of, um, you know, dynamics in our relationship that we need to, that we need to figure out and um, try and satisfy all of our needs. That's great. At least you you you're admitting that, and then you're working through that, which is great, and which is why the mindset is very important when moving, when having that transition in work or you know between countries or cities having the mindset shift that um, I'm ready to take this jump. You know, sometimes we have plans and we're ready to make that change, but we immediately disqualify or we don't take into cognizance the magnitude of the shift that we have to do mentally when we now finally take that decision. So maybe you've done your risk analysis, you've seen that, oh, it's a great decision to make rationally, but emotionally, you know, there's so much going on in your head, in your heart and everything. And I think that is part of what inspired your new business as a mindset coach. So how, how would you address that? I guess it, you know, it comes down to courage. And I suppose, you know, it took a lot of courage to make that big step to start with. And, you know, I know what it's like to find yourself in a new country and all the plants are different. You don't know what the names of the plants are. You know, the people are a little bit different. The way they think is different. Um, and it's kind of like, well, you know, here I am. I've made this decision and to take ownership of that decision as well. Uh, you know, whether it's you or yourself as part of a couple. And, and then really assessing what you've got and making the decision to make the most of it. Today's episode was brought to you by Career Visibility Accelerator Program. Have you ever felt that sinking feeling of being left out? Then listen. There's a problem you face being a highly skilled foreign professional. If you're an immigrant, a self-funded expert, a newcomer, or have English as your second language. You've prepared for everything else, location, food, weather, a great house, schools for your kids if you have one, but you haven't prepared for the business side of selling your skills in a new environment. You might get a job just to pay the bills. Of course, we all have bills to pay, so that's understandable. But then you get sucked into just surviving. How do you get unstuck from that? And even if you got a job, how do you influence decision makers at work, confidently speak up at meetings, deal with the cultural differences that could affect your productivity and performance? You plan for every other thing else, and all of that is hinged on the work that you do. So, you need to plan for how you manage your talent, sell your skills, build your connections, and recertify to learn a new skill set. There comes Career Visibility Accelerator Program. 
It is here to help cut short that long, lonely, difficult process as a leading six-week virtual training program to help you stand out at work. If you're ready to take action, then join us and let's go all in. Visit www.visibleatwork.com. Sign up for the waitlist to learn about a proven framework to confidently share your transferable skills, articulate your value, and be the superstar you've always been. It's been tested, proven, and has helped skill the careers of many foreign professionals like you. Join the Career Visibility Accelerator program so you can make that shift from surviving to thriving. Visit www.visibleatwork.com and sign up for the waitlist today. So when I, when I came here, there was nothing here that supported mothers in business. And um, I thought, well, you know, stuff it. I'll just create something myself then. And we started just a little Facebook group uh, for Taranaki Mums in Business, it's called. And before we know it, it just blew up to like 600 members. And, and we were like meeting once a month and, you know, we'd have business meetings, but everyone's like breastfeeding and babies are running around like crazy. And um, yeah, it was great. I think it's really, you just have to knuckle down and, and accept that this is the current reality and ask yourself, well, how can I make the best of this? And, you know, sometimes that, that requires even more courage after you just you feel like you've used up all of your courage um, moving there's more there that's really good you know just have and having that sense of community where you see people just like you going through the same situation just like you and then unraveling themselves in a new level with a new shift on the next level on what they want to do it really helps that okay you're not alone on this journey and um, it can be easier with other people around and that's great yeah so does the group still run do you still like are you guys still very busy with the group yeah it's funny you mention it because um just as before we jumped on this call i'm actually in the process of kind of reigniting the group so i got i got so kind of sucked in with my own business and and delivering on all of these classes for all corporate clients and things like that plus transitioning into my coaching um my coaching career that i kind of let that slip a little bit but over the last couple of days um you know i've been really called to to get this back up and running um because there's so much you know there's so much potential in that group and um what i'm doing is marrying it with something called time bank which is it's a global organization which facilitates um service exchange so you know within this group we've got 600 or so women very talented lots of lots of things that they can contribute and we can actually exchange services with each other uh, which means that you know i could exchange coaching services with somebody and i get paid hourly credit which i can then use for babysitting so myself and my husband can actually go out you know and enjoy some time together um so that's that's kind of a little project that i'm in the in the in the process of um reigniting at the moment and seeing what we can really achieve you know hmm. and leverage this kind of latent latent potential yeah, I'd like, like to see the outcome on that. Definitely keep me posted. So, you know, we were oh, talking cool. and, and you said that, uh, you know, as much as Australia and New Zealand seem so similar, there are a lot of differences in terms of like the climate and the people. Do you want to expand on that? 
Sure. So the climate is the thing that I've struggled with most. As a, as a Queenslander, I come from a place that is hot and humid and it's just like sunshine, sunshine, sunshine to the, to the extent there's too much sun. Um, and my first winter here in Taranaki was just, I've never been so cold and so lonely and so like just frustrated that it's raining all the time. Um, and even in Australia, it's simple things like if it's raining, it's raining. And you're kind of like, okay, it's raining. Whereas here it's raining and then five minutes later it's sunshine and then it's raining and then it's hail and then it's sunshine and then it's raining all within one day. And it's little things like that that I find really hard to, to kind of cope with. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's definitely food that I miss. There's just a way of cooking with bright, fresh ingredients that are- You know you're um, a chef, so I'm sure you're going to be biased on that. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's, um, and I always enjoy other people's cooking too, but it's, it's just a, a, I don't know, the sunshine is infused in the cooking in Australia as well. And others yeah. others who have moved from sunny countries to not so sunny countries probably feel that as well. And I, I just miss, you know, fresh salads that are like bursting with life and colour and um, and amazing zippy, zippy ingredients. Um, it's just not part of the culture here. Yeah. Um, but definitely yeah, the climate... I can relate definitely to the sunshine. I'm originally from uh, West Africa, Nigeria, and yeah, we, we have a lot of sun. So even the fruits taste different and also I yeah. can um, agree to that with the sun and the food. That's definitely a difference, yeah. So um, Helen, so how can we, um, for anyone who has recently moved, how can they get their mind to be focused on the goal or whatever inspired them to move, how can they get their mind like really stayed on their goal? So I think it, it always comes down to, you know, what our heart is asking us for, to do because <clears throat> we can think that we've got goals that come from a place of our mind. You know, what we think we should be doing, what other people think we should be doing. And, you know, that's not always fulfilling at the end of the day. You know, if we can work out what it is that truly inspires us and um, drives and pulls us forward from our heart, and it's not always an answer that you have like right on the tip of your tongue. It's a, it's a, um, it's a process of self-reflection, self-inquiry. It's kind of like an onion, just finding layers and layers and layers of, of who you really are and what, what it is that you really want. <clears throat> but when you can tap into that, it's kind of like plugging yourself into the mains and there's a whole new level of energy and drive that comes along with that. So I think for people, if they're listening, if they're finding themselves a little bit kind of aloof or awash or alone um, and not really knowing what it is that they should be doing or feeling disconnected from their goals, um, I would really encourage them to just yeah, take take some time to to self-reflect and really ask themselves, well, what is it that I enjoy? What is it that inspires me? You know, um, personality profile tests can be great for that as well. I think they're amazing. I love psychometric tests. I've got a whole bunch of bunch of free ones that I like. You've probably got ones that you like as well. And you know, finding out who it is that you are, um, answering that question, who am I? And then the next question is, well, how can I be more of that? Mm. And then when you answer that question, there's a whole level of like new energy that that comes, um, you know, to help so to help drive you forwards. So definitely, irrespective of your location, who am I, and how can I be more of that wherever I am? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. And just remembering that, you know, it was a decision that you made to come to this new country as well, because if we start saying, oh, you know, it's my husband's fault or it's the fault of the economy or whatever that has landed me here in this new new part of the world that isn't maybe quite what I expected it to be, um, you know, we're putting blame on external things and that's giving our power away. And until we accept that we're creating this life experience, you know, we had a, a, a say in that decision, or even if we didn't have a say in that decision, you know, we are still in charge of the experience that we're having. Um, and until we can take 100% responsibility for that, it's really hard to, to get into our own power and start creating change for us internally and changing our experience um, of, of the situation that we found ourselves in. Wow, amazing. Thank you so much, Kellen. You, you you made a very valid point that we're in charge of the experiences that we have. So whatever experience that we want to find, we need to dig deep, find it, find out who we are and more of what we can be and then be, just take charge of the experiences that we have wherever we are. So guys, you've heard it from Helen. And um, where can we find you? How can we catch up on what you're up to? and what you're going to do next. Cool. Well, a really awesome thing to, to pass on to the audience is a little project that I'm working with a number of other coaches and we're creating something like it that's like a gym, but for the inner game. So we've got multiple coaches, you know, some mindset, some health and fitness, biohacking, functional medicine, uh, effectiveness. And um, we've created a Facebook group where we just give our knowledge and help people. Um, and it's called League of Champions. So I guess I can just give you a link to, to League of Champions. Okay. Um, and you can, yep, you can join that and connect with me and some of the other coaches as well because we really believe that success you know regardless of whether we're talking about business success or entrepreneurial success or just life success is a holistic game you know yeah. and we don't want to be just focusing on one thing we need to kind of knock these all these dominoes down our health our wellness our mindset you know our, have sorting our emotions out our relationships uh, kind of at the same time you know so that's that's why we've created this group and um yeah we really really pleased to be able to offer our knowledge and expertise and help people um, feel better about themselves and, and get on track with their businesses and careers okay so it is league of champions on facebook it's in facebook yeah so okay. um can i can i give you a link for that would that be yeah sure definitely yeah, yeah. we'll sure. share it in the in the show notes so you heard it from helen fieldcroft league of champions on facebook check them out and just connect with people and how you can bring that good energy and change your mindset on your move and why you moved in the first place and how you can be more of who you are wherever you are so remember guys communication is your superpower to remain visible at work i'll see you next week bye hi everyone this is tracy from the visible at work podcast it's been a while since we have recorded or released an episode. We actually have episodes that has been recorded in the past, but with everything going on, we just felt it was it would be highly insensitive to share about, you know, people who moved countries and about their work right now, especially with a lot of countries have lockdowns in terms of movement and travel and all the travel advisory that we have out there. So that's why we haven't, you know, released, you know, any episode right now. However, the podcast is going to take a new turn, you know, just 
in the way with things happening and news unfolding now. So we're still going to come back to, you know, recording as usual very soon. But in the meantime, um, we're going to be doing something more of a ask me anything session. So I've been receiving a lot of questions um, about a lot of um, highly skilled immigrants and foreign professionals who have their work permits expired or they also got laid off or, you know, a lot of uncertainty around their job security. You know, they give everything all up to move to this new location and they're expecting so many opportunities. But now it seems like things have become hazy. And so they really want to know how they can still improve their visibility and their career plans with everything going on. So that's what we're really going to focus on um, right now in terms of, um, so if you have any questions, you have it, I'm currently working from home, so I'm sure you can hear my baby screaming in the background. <laughs> so if you have any questions about um, being visible while working remotely, because of course you can't really communicate with your team members and your coworkers, except through chat and other forms of video um, conferencing. So how can you really maximize those opportunities? And if you have any questions around, you know, being working with um, different coworkers across different time zones, feel free to send me questions and all of that. If you also have questions about um, your career security when it comes to uncertainty, we're going to talk about that as well. Um, so if you if you're concerned about you know really making that pivot into the career that you really want to grow in then this is the time to have that conversation with yourself and also share with us and ask us questions so i'm going to open my email up to a lot more people to send in their emails and then each week until a lot of this you know really becomes really quiet and things go back to the normal that we know then um, we would now start putting out the interviews that we've done too many interviews and things like that but if anything changes i would be sure to let you know so feel free to send me an email my email is hello at visible at work.com very simple hello at visible at work.com so please drop your questions um from the first week in april we would start as usual release episodes every sunday tackling different questions still about collaborative working, um, managing your career progression in uncertain times, how to pivot in terms of your career internationally, you know, really standing out in the workplace, whether virtual or at home, whatever workplace looks for you right now, um, tapping into the gig economy, um, different companies and, you know, that are still recruiting right now and even in the midst of everything. So those are the kind of things we're going to be touching on. And whether you like, you know, whether there is a virus or there is no virus, we live in uncertain times. And there's been a research that has shown that your work um, skill actually has the latency of about five, three to five years. So you really need to upskill. So this is another opportunity for you to also upskill in whatever skill or profession that you're in right now and how you can find opportunities even in, you know, such bleak moments right now. So I just want to share a glimmer of hope with you, making it very short and simple today. And I hope that from the first Sunday in April, 
you would hear a lot of those ask me anything sessions we might probably also do it on video and then you also have the audio option with the podcast so we're still working things in the background to see how that pans out so just stay tuned and keep following us share you know past episodes with friends and family that you feel will benefit from this my email once again is hello at visibleatwork.com send me your questions and then we'll tackle it together i hope to see you in april or talk to you in april remember once again communication is your superpower to remain visible at work i'll talk to you very soon bye